Yo, 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 good afternoon and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 148 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Week 10 in the NFL kicked off last night. I'll do a brief recap of last night's game between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. And then I will go into what I believe are the best games of week 10 in the NFL, my takes, analysis, and predictions, along with what I believe are the best games in week 11 of college football, the same takes, analysis, and predictions. Now I'll close with UFC 281. Israel Asante defends his middleweight title against a guy that beat him years ago, Alex Parrera. If I, if I misspelled that, my mistake. But you'll get my takes, analysis, and predictions on that fight, along with the other two fights on the card. Coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 148 started. Well, you know where we're going to start my opening take is in the NFL. We're going to start with Thursday Night Football, a matchup between two NFC South um, division foes, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, everybody knows that these two teams played two weeks ago, and Carolina had a chance to pull this one out. Um, P.J. Walker led the um, Panthers down the field, for a game, what should have been a game-winning touchdown and an extra point. But stupidly, the receiver, DJ Moore, took off his helmet after the touchdown and got a penalty that backed up what should have been a makeable extra point into almost like a 48-yard field goal. He missed it, they went into overtime, and they lost. So now, two weeks later, here we go in this Thursday night matchup, which then had a lot of pop and zizzle, not a lot of flash. I mean, the game was basically a defensive game because both teams tried to establish the run game. And both these quarterbacks, P.J. Walker, not a efficient passer, and Mariota, you know, hot and cold. But in the end, the Carolina Panthers pulled it out 25-15. to The story of this game is the Carolina defense. Last week, actually this past Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals hung up 35 points in the first half on their route to a rout. The Carolina defense looked god-awful. But in this game, they played like they were like the number one defense in the NFL. I mean, we all know the Atlanta Falcons' goal was to establish the run game, and they were able to held them in check. P.J. Walker, he didn't have a, he didn't have a great game, but... He didn't lose the game, even though there were a couple of plays in that game where the um, Atlanta um, cornerbacks dropped interceptions, so he could have easily lost the game, but it didn't happen. So 108 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Deontay Foreman, former backup in Tennessee to Derrick Henry, had 130 yards and one rushing touchdown. Not much in the receiving core, but that's because of quarterback play. D.J. Moore had 29 yards receiving. Terrence Marshall, 43 yards receiving. Marcus Mariota had 186 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, 43 yards rushing. And well, Cordell Patterson had 18 yards rushing, so not much from him. Khalif Hundley, 32 yards. And Tyler Aguilar, only 20 yards. 
Dimitri Bird 858 yards, and Kyle Pitts was held to a measly 28 yards. For the Atlanta Falcons, not enough. I mean, this is not a good loss. Even though they're not out of it and they still can win the division, now they gotta they have to become Seattle fans against the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because if Tampa Bay wins that game, Tampa Bay now jumps in first place. For the Carolina Panthers, I mean, they're not going anywhere. Their season's over. So all they can do is just keep um, building off what they have and see who they're going to keep and who they're not going to keep going forward. And of course, for the coaching staff, you know, Steve Wilkes, this is his chance to see if he can stack up some wins and make a case that he should be the head coach of this team going forward. Now let's move on to the best games of Week 10 in the NFL. We're going to start with which supposedly is the marquee matchup of, of, of Week 10. That's the Minnesota Vikings versus the Buffalo Bills. Now, of course, the story of this game is Josh Allen. As everybody has heard, Josh Allen suffered an elbow injury, and it's not certain whether he's going to play or, n- or not this Sunday. Of course, Buffalo coach Sean Dermer is not giving any, not much details so all he's saying is just day to day. But this would be a big win for Minnesota because even though I've personally argued that they might be the scariest team in the NFC, some analysts don't look at it that way. They believe their record is skewed because some of the, some of the teams they've played and how they've been winning games close. In a way, I believe if you win games close, I mean, that makes, that makes you battle-tested. Now, if um, Josh Allen is not able to play, then Case Keenum is going to start. Now, you're probably thinking that takes the, the sizzle out of this game. And, yeah, in a way, it does. But let's also remember, Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs are former Minnesota pl- um, Viking players. It was those two. It was those two alone that got the Minnesota Vikings in the um, NFC Championship back in about 2018 or 2017. Can you say Minnesota miracle? Remember, Case Keenum threw a huge touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs to end that game against the New Orleans Saints. So those two, those two do have some familiarity with each other. But the problem with this is Buffalo is not a great running team. I mean, Josh Allen is both their passing and their running offense. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to give you a two-part prediction. If Josh Allen plays this game and is 100%, Buffalo wins this game 31-25. If Josh Allen does not play this game, I think Minnesota is going to go into Buffalo and pull off the upset 26-20. to 20. Now let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game will be played 9.30 a.m. because it will be um, taking place from Munich, Germany. Tampa Bay will be looking to build off last week's win over the um, Los Angeles Rams. But the big question is going to be, will they be able to run the football this week? Leonard Fournette, I'm looking at you. You need to step your game up for Tom Brady and company. Because the Seahawks defense, I mean, even though it's young, 
it has been improving during this four-game winning streak as they look to extend that to five games. And of course, Kenneth Walker III is running like a boss. You would think Marshawn Lynch was back there the way he's been running. Now, if Tampa Bay wins this game, they will have taken possession of first place by one game due to the Atlanta Falcons losing to Carolina last night. Seattle, if they win, they will be, they will extend, they will stay atop of the um, NFC West with my 49ers breathing down their backs. Right, I bet right now Seattle's, they're, play, they're playing one of the best balls in the NFL. Tampa Bay, even though they just bounced back, I don't know if I can trust them at this time. I need to see them win maybe a couple more games in a row before I can trust them. So I'm not going to trust them in this game here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win on a field goal as time expires, 26 to 23. Now let's move on to the Green Bay Packers versus Dallas. Green Bay is, is hemorrhaging. They've lost five straight games. And this is this is the worst the Packers have looked in the Aaron Rodgers era. Now, the only piece of good news for Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers has had the Cowboys' number. Remember, he beat the Cowboys in Dak Prescott's first season when they basically took the league by storm and beat them in the playoffs in Dallas. Of course, we all know about the catch or not catch from Des Bryant that helped that propel the Packers to beat the Cowboys in the divisional round years ago. For Dallas, they're going to be looking to keep pace with the undefeated Eagles in the NFC East. Now the Eagles have one game over Dallas, so they want to keep pace to keep the pressure on. So when they play each other later this season for the second time, they'll be ready. You can dub this the Mike McCarthy Bowl. Remember, the only Super Bowl the Packers have won in the last 20 years was the one when Mike McCarthy was coached and Aaron Rodgers is in year two in the NFL. So this will be Mike McCarthy's first game versus his former team. Now, of course, the Packers, they've been hit with some terrible injuries. I mean, I mean they, they lost like one of their receivers... They lost um, Romeo Dobbs, who's been playing pretty well. And of course, Christian um, Watson hasn't returned yet from injury. Sammy Watkins has been hot and cold. And Randall Cobb isn't, is still out. If the Cowboys are going to finally break that Aaron Rodgers curse, this is the time to do it. Because right now, they're, they're, they're a lot more complete team than the Packers right now. So I'm going to predict Dallas to break that Rodgers curse and finally get a victory over Aaron Rodgers and the struggling Green Bay Packers. So Dallas wins this game 30-24. Now let's go to my 49ers coming off a bye versus the LA Chargers. Now for both teams, both, both, both teams will be looking to stay in pace with the leaders of their division. The Chargers will be looking to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs as they're 5-3 and three in the, in the, and the Chiefs are 6-2. and two. Same thing with my 49ers. We're looking to keep pace with the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West 
So both these teams are going to be looking for wins to um, keep the pressure on the division leaders. Now for the Chargers, they've allowed the least sacks in the NFL. So the 49ers pass rush must be on point. Nick Bosa and company are going to have to do everything they can to create pressure against Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert gets the ball off pretty quickly. Now look for two keys for both teams. Now the Chargers are going to be, are, are missing their two top receivers, Mike Williams, and it looks like Keenan Allen won't be playing again. But Austin Aguilar can run and catch the football, so he's going to be a, he's going to be a factor for the for the um, Chargers. So the 49ers have to be able to be aware of where he is at all times. On the other side, we all know the X factor is Christian McCaffrey. But now, another weapon has just been added for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell, who was a starting running back until he got hurt the first game of the season, returns. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan uses both these backs. So in a case, the Chargers are going to have to pick their poison here. I think this game is going to be pretty close. I mean, the 49, the, the 49ers defense is good on good in every which way. The Chargers, on the other hand, they're vulnerable against the run. So I believe the 49ers are going are to um, rush for at least 150 to 250 yards in this game. I think because of Justin Herbert and his talent, he's going to keep this. He's going to help keep this game close. But in the end. I look for my Niners to pull out the victory, 27-23. Now let's move on to Monday Night Football as the undefeated Eagles will be taking on the Washington Commanders. Now the Eagles will be looking to stay undefeated and go to 9-0. While the Washington Football, with the Washington Commanders, I'm sorry, we look into staying in the playoff hunt because we all know they have no shot of even sniffing the NFC East crown. So the best thing they can do is rack up some wins and hope some other teams in front of them start falling along the way. Now Washington, they, they did bounce back and they were rolling until last week. So the only way they're going to be able to pull off this upset is their offense is going to have to do is going to have to make some plays. Because the the Philadelphia Eagles offense is a juggernaut. I mean, they're complete on all the skilled positions. But in this, but I'm just going to quote college football analyst, college football game day analyst Lee Corso when he says, "This game is going to be closer than the experts think," or in his words, "close, close, close." Yeah, I think this game will be a lot closer than people think. I think the Washington Commanders are going to play hard. But in the end, give me the battle quarterback. Give me Jalen Hurts over Tyler Tyler Hennigy. So the Eagles will pull this game out 23-19. to Now that concludes the NFL segment. Now let's move to college football. Now this week, there are, there are a couple of intriguing games. They're, they're, none of these games are overwhelming, but there's a couple that I feel has some implications. Let's start with Alabama versus Ole Miss. Now, 
Ole Miss is going to need to win the rest out the rest of the way and hope that LSU loses one more SEC game because because LSU beat Ole Miss earlier this season. Alabama, who has no shot of making um, the college football playoff and don't look likely they're going to make the SEC championship, is going to be looking to play spoiler along with bouncing back from that um, devastating LSU loss in overtime. And of course, Lane Kiffin is looking to get his first ever win versus Nick Saban. I know he's t- I know like a lot of these assistants, they're tired of Nick Saban spanking them. But for that to happen, their offense has to be on point. And their defense is going to have to get the Bryce Young and slow down Alabama. I'm not going to lie. A part of me is picking this upset. I want to pick this upset. Because Alabama is kind of reeling. But Nick Saban losing two in a row is something that just doesn't happen. So while I think LSU is going to play hard, give me, give me the better quarterback. I'm going to take Bryce Young to bounce back and beat Ole Miss 30-28. Now, another game that has some significance, TCU goes into Texas to take on the Longhorns. TCU recently ranked in in the college football playoff at number four. So the question now is, will they be able to show that they are the number four team in the country? Now they do put they do put up 43 points a game, so they can put up the points. But the question is, will they be able to play solid defense? But then again, this is the Big 12. These guys can't spell defense. And Texas is gonna be looked to play spoiler as they try to deny TCU a shot at the college football playoff because TCU has to be perfect the rest of the way. They have to win all their games and they have to win the Big 12 championship. Going forward, they have Texas, Baylor, and and Iowa State. Now after Texas, and Baylor's not going to be an easy um, one either. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can win these next two games. I I expect them to beat um, Iowa State and then win the Big 12 championship then they'll be on their way to making the college football playoff. But it starts here, going on the road versus Texas. Mac Dugan, I mean, he's had an excellent season. He's been playing lights out. He's going to need his playmakers running back Ken, Kendrick Miller and Quentin Johnston to show up for him. I think TCU is going to win this game. I think it, I think. It's going to be hard fought. And of course, it's going, they're going to go back and forth offensively. But I think in the end, I think, they, I think TCU is going to march down the field and win this game on a field goal. So I'm going to take TCU to win this shootout 41-38. to 38. Now that concludes my short college football segment. Now let's go to UFC! UFC's got a nice little card here this Saturday. Looking forward to that. Along with the games in 
going to see Black Panther. But let's let's talk about UFC 281. We're going to start with the main event for the middleweight title. Is my guy Israel Adesante takes on Alex Pereira. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, my apologies again. This is a rematch of the fight that they had before they were both in the UFC. It took place in China. Pereira won the first fight by decision. If you watch that fight, it was pretty close. I mean, Israel Asante could have easily could have easily been picked to win that fight. I mean, it was like it, the, all the judges scored it 29 to 28. That's how close it was. And it was a good fight. So the question that will be for Adesante is, I know he's going to be looking for revenge. But will looking for revenge be the reason he gets stopped? I mean, both of these men are good fighters. Both these men have great stand-up. Chances are this fight's probably not going to the ground. But that's okay. Both these men are on a winning streak. And Parera is going to be coming to this fight 21 pounds heavier than, than Israel Santa. Israel Santa has a one inch um, reach advantage. And the leg, the leg reach is about the same. I think this fight's going to go... I'm going to say this fight goes four rounds. And I'm going with my boy to get his revenge and stop Alex Pereira by TKO. So I'm going to go with Israel Sante wins by TKO in round four. Now let's go to the women's strawweight title. This one looks looks like it's going to be a really good one. And that is the champion, Carla Esparada, Parzada, versus Zing Willili. Now, of course, the champ has a 20-6 record, while Willili has 22-3. The thing about Zing Willili is she lost her first professional fight and then won 18 in a row. And of course, since she's been in the UFC, she's only lost one fight. And that was to Thug Rose in devastating fashion. I mean, kicked to the face and she was flat. But of course, Carla Esposada, she beat Thug Rose twice. But if you look at this matchup, both these women are well-rounded. Both can win on the ground and both can win standing up. Of course, Espenzada has a has a, a strong wrestling background. So, I think her chance, her best chance to win this fight, is to get um, Willie Lee on the ground. Now, Zing Willie Lee, that girl can hit. I mean, she is a devastating puncher. I mean, she's she's got some wrestling skills too, and she's gonna have to. If she if she gets um she she may have to use some of that as well if she's gonna pull off the I wouldn't say an upset I think obviously the champ is actually the underdog in this one but I think this fight goes three rounds 
I believe Zane Willie Lee becomes the new women's strawweight champion. And I think it's going to happen with a ground and pound. So Zane Willie Lee wins this matchup in the third round and becomes their new women's strawweight champion. And then the other big matchup is Dustin Poitier versus Michael Chandler. Dustin Poitier has a 28-7 record, while Michael Chandler has a 23-7 record. And of course, Michael Chandler is the former Bell, Bellator champion. Dustin Poitier will be looking to bounce back from his loss last season to Charles Oliveira. I think this I think this fight is going to be on the I don't see this fight going to the ground. I see this fight being stand up mostly. And of course, Michael Chandler just not too long fight. And it, he fought Tony Ferguson and beat him with a devastating kick to the, to the to the chin, knocking him silly. So, I think I'm going to go with the better puncher in this one. And that's Michael Chandler. I think this fight's going to go to all five rounds a decision. But in the end, I think Michael Chandler pulls it out unanimously. So I'm going to go with Michael Chandler to win this um, matchup by a unanimous decision. Now that will conclude the UFC segment. This will also conclude episode 148 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading and streaming. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast and stream it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you stream your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. And follow my Facebook page at Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I can thank everyone for listening, downloading, and streaming. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy UFC, and I will talk to you again on Tuesday. Bye-bye.